Welcome to a Walk in the Black Forest, the goodies podcast. I'd like you to think about what's probably one of the most iconic bits of vision that you can think of of any goodies episode. I think that one that may come to mind is the kitten coming out of the tower and the tower falling over. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at dissecting the Kitten Kong episode. And tonight we have Fiona, who's uh, done her homework and research, and uh, thankfully she's only written about 4,000 words on the topic, so we should be able to get this okay. And on board, say good day, Todd. How's it going there, Master? Good to be back. Yeah, good. Do I say Barjas or use your real name? Either either. Doesn't worry me. Okay. I'm not sure if your real name's a high Barjas. How are you going? <laughs> yeah, good, thanks. Jim, how are you? Looking forward to today? Oh, great to be here. Captain, master, <laughs> master and commander, and Leanne, the the, the mistress of this show. <laughs> Hello, how are master. you? <laughs> so Fiona, walk us through this tiny kitten that becomes very big. Good evening, everybody. This is a pretty momentous episode. Kitten Kong won the Silver Rose at the Rose Door Festival at Montreux in Switzerland in 1972. It lost to the Marty Feldman Comedy Machine, which came first. Other notable winners of the Rose Door is The Muppet Show in 1977 and Mr Bean in 1990. Kitten Kong also has a few cameos. One is Corbett Woodall, and he appears in a few goodies episodes as a newsreader or a broadcaster, commentator of some kind. Um, he was a BBC newsreader in England for in Britain for many, many years, and he had great fun doing the goodies episodes. He did more than just Kitten Kong. Another guest appearance was Michael Aspel, who has done oh, so many things in Britain over the years. I remember watching him on a show called Aspel & Co, which was a very nice chat show. In, I I still, if I could just interrupt you for a second, what, what, what do they play in those episodes, the two cameos? Corbett, Corbett Woodall plays the newsreader and Michael Aspel gets squished. He's a reporter who gets squished by the cat. Um, and then another notable cameo happens in the goodies ads because kitten kong was broadcast in series two it was episode seven and at that stage the goodies were still making spoof ads that played in the middle of their episodes and there's another cameo in the in the break so i'll get on to a quick rundown of the episode many of you will remember because it's so visually memorable. With that, Fiona, uh, wasn't it also nominated for a BAFTA? Yes, it was. I forgot to say that. It was nominated for a BAFTA that missed out. Anyway, the goodies. Kitten Kong. Scene one, goodies central. Tim and Graham come in to find Bill looking after and cooking for Bunter the guinea pig. Bill says Bunter's off his food and is starving. And for 30 quid, he's going to look after him and get him back on his food. Bunter eats his meal. Tim and Graham and Bill get potato peelings and lettuce, limp lettuce, or as a cousin of mine would say, a tired lettuce, for dinner. Bill tells the boys that he's getting paid £30 to look after Bunter. They decide to set up the Goodies Animal Clinic for loony animals. 
scene two is the collection of the animals. Bill and Tim are on the trandom and they have a cane basket. The basket's got a lid, so I don't think it's a hot air balloon basket, although it's about that size. Then they go from house to house and collect animals. Clearly there was a man inside the basket or a woman, a person inside the basket chucking stray feathers out so it looks like there was a great big to-do inside the basket and the day that was you wasn't it barge you were in that basket doing that no 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 my cameos later i'll check my notes so anyway they collect the animals and they ride off back to goodies central graham goes through the ones that he's looking after and he's collected he has a depressed mongoose and it's lovely creature terribly friendly great with children and shreds his glove as he goes in to pull it out. Graham then goes to a bush baby and he says it's over-affectionate, gets very attached to people. And then there is fantastic visual comedy as Graham tries to get rid of the bush baby because it keeps clinging to him. He does that bit several times throughout. Yeah, that, that throughout the uh, the episode, the bush baby keeps turning yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. it is an ongoing joke as the bush baby keeps turning up and Graham ends up tossing it at one stage. He actually um, does that joke again in the end with um, yeah. Yeah. The, the mouse. Graham then also produces a vampire bat and he said it's afraid of the dark and the bat goes for his jugular, of course, and there's two dogs outside singing anything you could do, I can do better. I must say... The dog singing is the weakest part of the whole episode. I can't stand it. Mm. Can I have a comment there, Twinkle? Just doing my little my, my research, I think this whole episode is a refilmed version. The original was actually lost. This is true. You can look it up. Yes, it was lost. Yes, it was redone. It was. In the original, though, they didn't have those dogs. It was a sheep. A sheep singing, babby face. You got the cutest babby face. That was the original one. Oh, that would have been funnier because I just don't find this bit funny at all. And I think it goes on for too long. To each their own. You know, whether or not it was just a, a filler because they had to meet the requisite time frame. But, yeah, I'm with you, Fiona. It, it was probably the weakest part of the episode. Tim gets a kitten out and Graham says it's called Twinkle. Tim's gone completely gooey and he's useless. Graham said he's 23 years old, very <laughs> strong and needs a lot of exercise. They each take an animal. Bill takes the Great Dane. Tim takes Twinkle, the cute little kitten, and Graham takes Colin, the court tortoise. Tim's exercising Twinkle, and oh, that poor little kitten goes all over the park. In this sequence, it's where you can see some of their production. They do an awful lot of stop motion through this bit. It must have taken them hours to film all around the whole park in stop motion and the most famous sequence of all Paul can tell us about because Paul's heard it firsthand. Yes, it's to do with the turd and the turd was in the way and for continuity's sake it was actually easier for Tim to be dragged over the turd than to go around the turd or remove it out of the way and uh, when I saw one of their um, shows that they did in Sydney, they did actually point out that they had a whole debate and they said, no, continuity's got to win out here. Poor Tim. <laughs> I, I, I debate that. You, you're heading towards a turd. I'm stopping and removing the turd. I'm not being dragged through it. Well, I, I just wonder I, if they went... Just go over it. Just move the turd. 
I just wonder if they just said, you know, Bill and Graham said, we're the writers here, you're the actor. I don't know if they pulled rank. Yeah, or maybe they just capitalised on the opportunity to get him to go over a turn. Well, yeah. let's face it, they're still dining out on the story 50 years later, so yeah. there we go. There we go. i got to be so, honest, I would have done that. What? If it was you, like I would certainly have made you go through the turn. You would have made it go through the trip. And he would have capitalised on it for the next 10 years. Oh, and more, and more. The upshot of that scene scene is Twinkle ends up up a tree. End of part one. We've got two classic goodies ads in this episode. We have the one for Robinson's paper where they put a gallon of fuel into a car how far will the car go? A big paper sash across the road and you think, oh, the car's going to crash through and go, wow, it's it's 20 miles, that's great. But no, it crashes into the paper because the paper's tough. The um, caption is Robinson's paper, the strong one. The next ad is an absolute cracker. It's the best. It's so memorable. It is the best ad. And it features the third cameo of the episode. In the credits, the cameo is a gentleman called Milton Reed and he is credited as playing the bodyguard. In the ad, Tim and a great big man are walking along together, clearly gay, and it's very jaunty 1970s music playing behind. They're ignoring all these very young, attractive ladies with very short skirts who are fawning all around them acting like fangirls. The girls are getting closer and closer. Tim and the man are walking along. They go through a gate, shut the gate. Tim and the man (laughs) wink to each other. Tim's smoking a pipe and walk off hand in hand and Tim does a lovely little happy jump. And The The, the wink was spectacular. The the wink was great. And the caption is, Butch, the tobacco for men. I've got, I've got to take issue with you on that ad because that's not how I saw it. The um, They weren't meant to be gay until the very end when the wink comes out. So the whole point was it was an attractive, what was it, tobacco or whatever it was, bodyguard and anything else too. And it wasn't until the end when they did the wink, they realised, oh, okay, you didn't want the girls at all. Yeah, scene six, Bill and Graham are at Goodies Central and they're looking after all the animals. Bill's saying to um, Graham, as he holds up an empty tortoise shell, that Collins escaped. <laughs> Graham said, oh, that's all right. We'll make some ashtrays out of the shell. They're having a chat about the animals. Um, Bill says to Graham that he's fascinated with Twinkle and Graham comments about how he's growing and keeps feeding him. Tim bursts in all dishevelled and says, four ruddy days. You left me up the tree, four ruddy days. I love how they didn't swear. They were all so polite. And Tim wants to wring the kitten's neck. Bill says that Tim hasn't seen the kitten for a while and they're grown. And Twinkle's enormous, which is, you know, just scene trick, uh, camera trickery. Maybe it wasn't. Anyway, I assumed it was just a large, large cat. Large, large cat. cat. The next morning, Graham gives Twinkle his vitamin pill, which is huge. They go with all these huge visual jokes. And... He goes in, Twinkle's gone, and Graham exclaims, what have you done with my pussy? (laughs) Bill confesses that he put the cat out for the night, and Graham says that the cat is still growing. Graham, you've got to catch him before he eats someone. Tim, 
He means something he shouldn't. Graham says, I know what I mean. The boys get ready to go out looking for Twinkle. Graham, in the best visual gag of the whole show, his outfit, which he wears in every episode, is an all-in-one. It's like a 1972 onesie. (laughs) And he pulls on his trousers and then he just zips it all up. It is gold. I bet Leanne would like to get into those trousers. Ah. I doubt whether there's room for both of us. Was that the Seems first and only time that that gag was used? I seem to remember him doing that again in another episode. Um, he may have. Yeah. Sure. There is another, I can't recall which episode right now. I think but it was he does the one do that where he, he wakes up and um, he has all these contraptions, like the thing makes... Um, brushes his teeth. makes Yeah, brushes his teeth and does all that and then he sort of gets up and puts on the... The costume in one one piece. I can't remember what episode it was. Well, I'm sure one of our listeners out there can write in with the episode. Which episode did Graham have a onesie? Goodies, Goodies pod, pod at gmail.com. Is that correct, gmail.com. Todd? That is the one. Goodiespod at gmail.com. Or they can send us a Facebook message on our Facebook page, A Walk in the Black Forest, and, The Goodies Podcast. What would the first correct answer win, Todd? I think it'll be a night out with Paul. Excellent. And second prize is? A night two out nights with Paul. Two nights with Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At this part of the podcast, this is where Leanne does her tour of the house. You know, we get to watch the roof. We get to watch the painting on the walls. The paintings. Scene <laughs> seven, the boys are riding around London on the tram looking for Twinkle. They find big cat footprints on the ground, which I always loved. The boys, however, hear a big meow and people come running, running away from it. Dogs too. And a dog, a lassie looking dog, points the boys towards Twinkle. Bill is in a beautiful frilly nightshirt. Tim is in a classic pair of passion killers. And Graham, of course, is in his dressed up onesie. Scene eight, they are at Goodies Central and there's a news report on the TV, which is where we have Corbett Woodall, who's the BBC newsreader, um, doing the news report. He's your Peter Overton of the episode. And he throws to Michael Aspel, who does a location report. And Michael Aspel says, this is day two of Twinkle's occupation of London. And this is where the most famous goodies scene is shown. And it shows Twinkle up a telecom tower, the telecom tower in London, and it falls over because the kitten's clearly too big for the tower. Then it shows Twinkle coming up through the Dome of St Paul's, another iconic building in London, and um, destroying St Paul's. Michael Laspel says, all efforts to capture the kitten so far have failed. He signs off and then is squished by Twinkle's paw. They turn the TV off and Bill says that Twinkle has eaten the post office, half of Westminster Bridge. He is looking at Buckingham Palace. Tim notes that Twinkle is still growing and Graham says they have to get Twinkle back to size by giving him the antidote to Graham's growth mix. Graham produces a syringe. Tim says that's not big enough. Graham produces a big syringe. Bill asks, how are they going to get close enough to Twinkle to administer the antidote? Graham tells them to go through the quick change cabinet. 
which they do, they go through the cabinet and they come out dressed as mice. The boys went, huh? why? Graham says, cats eat mice. They will lure Twinkle in because they are dressed as mice. And when Twinkle gets close enough, they'll inject him with the antidote. Scene nine is the hunt for Twinkle. They've got to get closer to him. So they tart up the trandom and get it ready to fly. It sort of reminds me of um, The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy's in the tornado. Very fake. And um, I think. Yeah, is that where the, where the, the very first bit where the house gets blown up into the tornado and she looks yeah. at him, no one sees the, the witch on the push Yeah. 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 Yeah, really no, I didn't think it looked like that at all. Come on. <laughs> Tough crowd. No, that was great. Tough that was crowd. really good. I, lo- I love you all. So anyway, they're on the balloons. They're up in the air and they're heading to Twinkle. Bill falls off and Twinkle grabs Bill. <laughs> so then there's a shot of Bill in Twinkle's enormous paused grasp and mm. Graham reminds you of something very King Kong yes mm. very very King Kong and Graham gives Bill antiseptic and a swab and he's got to swab Twinkle's paw before they inject him yes well, that's so, right it is proper practice you know well Graham is a doctor mm-hmm. so no surprises there so they inject him Twinkle starts to shrink and the boys go, yay! And Graham sh- um, shoves the needle of the syringe into the hot air balloon. And then they go <laughs> all around the sky like a balloon flying around a room. And they get hooked on the nose of a low flying Concorde. So, scene 10. The boys are back at Goodies Central. They're packing up the animals goes to throw out Graham's growth mix and notice that there's much less of the growth mix than there should be. And Graham said, somebody's probably eating it. It's probably just the mice. Mice! And then huge mice break through the walls and the show, the episode ends with the boys yelling, feed the cat, feed the cat. And that's the end of the episode. Oh my goodness! What a magnificent, great, great episode. Now I don't know if it was just the the fact that it was from that episode, but when you think about the goodies, looking back from our age to when we watched it as kids, those images are the ones that stand out, like the foot, big footprints on the ground and the cat on the tower and all. Is it just because it was in the, the uh, intro? I just don't know, but that, mm. that's that's it's such a recognisable image. I don't know. It was part of their intro, for, I think, for all their time they were, they were with the BBC. Yeah, pretty much was. I think it only changed when they went over to commercial. They've put a lot more money towards it. Uh, you know, even the evening shows like Benny Hill and those sorts of things are all that very much um, skit and physical humour um, and live entertainment rather than any sort of drama or anything like that. It seemed to have the lion's share of the budget at the time. I so, mean, the goodies are still on the ascendant here too because this is only their second series. Wow. And, um, so they're still on the way up. I think they hit their peak in Series 5 or thereabouts. Well, they certainly uh, hit their peak with us in Series 5. 
Well, that's right. They certainly did. Um, also, the goodies, another point of difference with them is that they're telling a story. They're not just a sketch show. They're going from start to finish with a story um, where Benny Hill was just a sketch show. Morecambe and Wise was just a sketch show. There's all this stuff. They're telling a story which they've written themselves, they've produced themselves. It's, um, it's great. I have to point out, this is uh, a little bit random, but I ask you, to when you've got that scene where they're on the, the tandem and they're in a balloon, watch where the propeller is and the close-up shot, then watch where the oh. propeller is uh, when they use the model. Oh, where is it? I missed that. Um, you'll see that every time they go back to the model, the propeller's at the front when the cat's right. playing with it. Oh, well spotted it's there. It's a very tiny continuity thing. And I always remember as a kid and then I was watching again, I said, yeah, my memory is right. The propeller's the wrong way around. But yeah, what a great see- scene to have three men on a tram, itself a very strange thing, a bike with three seats. <laughs> they're all dressed in mouse suits. <laughs> Not only that, they're in a hot air balloon. Not only that, they're carrying a massive oversized syringe. Why? Because they're on the way to syringe a massively oversized kitten that has overtaken London. Everything about it is so absurd and so never done it the way it works. Oh, we've all done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did it last week. It's so yeah. relatable. That's what it is. It's relatable. <laughs> yeah. The nightmare that must have been to actually suspend the bike off the ground, even if it's only six inches off the ground. Was it in this episode or a different one where there was a problem with that bike being suspended and Tim ended up Yeah, Tim got a pretty was, pretty yes. bad injury from it. Didn't he cut himself or something? Yeah, I think it was a cut. He wanted yeah. to finish the song oh, before yeah. he went and had it patched up. Conclusions about Kitten Kong. Look, it's one of my favourite episodes. It, and when I've really looked into it over the last few weeks, my goodness, there's a high production values and in creating it. I think they created the episode with a view to entering it at Montreux um, because they really did a lot of costly production things in it and I think they paid off. It's a great episode. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) There's one minor thing I picked up about this episode um, because it went to Montreux in 72, but at the same place, Montreux in 71, was where Smoke on the Water, this classic song, was born. It was Lake Geneva at Montreux. No way. Yeah. So, I mean, Deep Purple. That's, yeah, Deep Purple's famous song was born because the nightclub they were going to play at burned down. Mm. And so they sang a song, Smoke the Water, about burning down that club. And the following year. Frank Stapper burned it down. That's right. Well, no he was way. Playing. He was, no, no, Frank yeah. didn't personally. He was playing there with the Mother's Invention and some stupid with a flare gun, I quote. So someone left a firework in the audience and they wanted to leave and it burned down and that's when they wrote the song. Laughter is the best medicine and when we're talking about the goodies, it's probably some of the best medicine going around. I'd like to thank Fiona and the team because we've been looking at the Kitten Kong episode, one of the goodies all-time classics. How do you find us? How do you get in contact with us? Through goodiepod at gmail.com. Or you can contact us via the Facebook, which is a walk in the Black Forest. So that's our Facebook address. 
and uh, we've had a terrific time tonight. So, look, uh, good night from me. I'm Paul, and good night from Todd. Good night. Good night. Good night from Dan. Good night, Jeff. Uh, Jim. Good evening. And Fiona, thank you very much for your insights into this fantastic episode. Good night, everybody. It's been lots and lots of fun.